If you have a true story you want to send my way, go to AsTheRavenDreams.com slash submit. Also, just an FYI, you can get early access to all my content for just a dollar a month on both Patreon and channel members. Check the links down below for more info, and thank you, of course. And this all took place a few years back, when I finally moved out of my parents' place and got into my own apartment, sometime around 2013. I was a few months shy of turning 20, and my parents were kind of pushing me to get out of the house as soon as I could. So, I went ahead and found a small apartment with one of my friends from high school. The apartment we ended up getting was a bottom-level one, it was actually partially underground in that the windows sat at ground level and the walls were all concrete. Basically, it was the basement of the apartment complex and, honestly, I loved the way it was set up. The apartment itself wasn't perfect. There was a bit of a mold smell in the bathroom and my roommate Kristen's window didn't quite lock right so she had to rig something that would prevent it from opening. Maintenance told us they would take care of it as soon as they could, but that didn't happen, and we just learned to live with it. Rent was cheap, and the neighbors seemed okay, for the most part. The reason I say for the most part was because there were a couple of tenants that I genuinely was not a fan of. On the third floor... In the same corner as our apartment, there was a guy named Kevin who was pretty clearly a heavy user. And on that same floor was another guy named Trevor. And that just rubbed me the wrong way. When I met Kevin upon moving in, I knew that I wasn't going to like him. He was your generic user, tweaking, jumpy, talked a mile a minute, the whole nine yards. Beyond that, he seemed okay, but I've had my personal experiences with these types, and I, unfortunately, cannot bring myself to trust them. Trevor was a bit of the opposite. He was quiet, well-reserved, but something about him was just off-putting. I'm not going to get further into my personal opinions beyond this, just know that I wasn't a fan of these two. So... With that bit of background out of the way, I think I can move on to the actual situation that happened. A few weeks after we moved into the apartment, my roommate Kristen got involved with a guy that she was pretty much head over heels with. When they started getting serious, which was probably about two weeks into the whole thing, she started spending the weekends over at his place. She would leave on Friday night and come home on Monday after she got off work. Basically, she was living at both places part-time. I thought it was a bit of a silly setup, but I appreciated her not just bailing on me and leaving me to pay the rent by myself. This was her ritual, without fail. I would get home on Friday evening and would have the place to myself until Monday night. Honestly... It was kind of nice. I loved having her around, but having a few days to do whatever I wanted without being bothered was pretty much the best way to live with a roommate. That is, until I realized what was happening the whole time. 
So, like I said, from about the second month of our lease to the eighth month, so about half a year, things were going smoothly, and I didn't think there was anything wrong. Then, one Sunday night, my illusion of safety was completely shattered. On that night, at around ten-ish, I decided to head to bed as I did, so I could get up and get some stuff done before I went to work. I think I fell asleep pretty quick, probably around 10.30. About half an hour after I had fallen asleep, I'm jolted awake by something. I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, so while I knew that something had woken me up, I had no idea what it was. At first, I thought it was just maybe a bad dream or something on the outside, until I started hearing people shouting just outside my room. My half-awake mind was desperately trying to process why there were people shouting outside my door, who the hell else was in my apartment, and whether or not I should exit my room. That all changed when I heard Kristen shout my name. I quickly jumped up and ran over to open my door. There, in the hallway, I see Kristen looking horrified and waving me on. We both walk out into the living room and things just get even more confusing. In front of me is Kristen's boyfriend, and under him, being held tight to the ground, was Trevor. Again, I was half awake, so I just stood there and asked what the absolute hell was going on. Her boyfriend tells me that we can talk about it when the cops get there. All the while, Trevor is screaming that he didn't do anything, and that we needed to let him go. I just remember her boyfriend was seriously digging his knee into the guy's back, and keeping him pinned, and he was screeching about it until the cops showed up. I, unfortunately, learned about what exactly went down from the two of them explaining it to the police. They were planning on staying at his place, like, always, and they were up watching TV when the power went out to his duplex. They had apparently called the emergency line for the electric company, and they said it would be back on in the morning, but that they couldn't do anything until then. So, the two of them decided to come back to our apartment to finish their movie and spend the night. When they got there, Kristen went to unlock the door when she noticed that it wasn't locked. This immediately made her suspicious, as I am super anal about the door being locked. Her boyfriend then took the lead and opened the door, and there in the apartment was Trevor. And they said he was in the living room, on the couch, with his pants down. I'm not getting into any further detail. When he saw them walk into the apartment, he jumped up and tried to get away, but there was really only one exit, so he didn't get that far. The police asked me if I knew the guy. I told him that he was our neighbor from the third floor. They then mentioned to me that he tried to tell them he was allowed to be in the apartment because he had a key, which shook me even further. They did show us that he had a key to our front door, and then asked us if he was on our lease, or if we had given them the key. We told them no, because we hadn't. 
He had literally never been inside our apartment. Or so I thought. The part of this that just drags the situation into the horrifying, and this actually was not his first time in the apartment. In fact, he'd been there several times without us even knowing. It had actually become part of his routine. Apparently, Trevor had become aware of Kristen's boyfriend, and that she wasn't home on the weekends. He was also, somehow, aware that her window didn't lock, and that her bed was right under the window, meaning he could easily open it and get in and out this way. As for the key, and why he had it, on one of his times breaking in, he actually found Kristen's spare key on the floor. It had apparently fallen out of her pocket before she had left for the weekend. He took it, made a copy of it, and then returned it the following weekend. So, a slight recap. This guy had broken in every weekend for about six months. He started by going through the window that didn't lock, and then moved on to literally just walking in and out the front door when I went to bed. Why? You may ask, did he do this? Because it was a sexual thrill for him to be in there with me in the other room asleep. He had some sick perversion that made this something that got him going, breaking into our place and me not knowing he was there. Now, honestly, this is a terrifying notion. Like I said, I'm a very heavy sleeper. I never knew he was there at all. He could have done a number of things, and I couldn't have done a damn thing about it. Thankfully, he never did do anything to me physically, but we found out that the office worked with the police, and they let him into his apartment. When they did, they found plenty of pictures of me asleep in my room. He'd been photographing me sleeping for a while, each photo dated for when he took it. God knows why he kept those, but I personally don't want to know. So, that's my story of my stalker, that I didn't even know I had for six months. Maintenance did finally come and fix the lock on Kristen's window, woohoo, but we found a new place when our lease expired that following August. We decided that we didn't really want to stick around there, and the three of us actually found a decent place to live. I lived with them for about two more years, and then found a place of my own. So, really, things did work out. I'm just glad that I never had to see Trevor again after that, and hope that I never do. Creep. This happened during my first year of community college, and I always drove this crappy 1996 Toyota Corolla to my classes. And this car was barely holding it together, and I had to replace some part that broke at least once a month. At 60 miles per hour, the whole car would start to vibrate. But I lived about 10 minutes away from campus and my job, so it got me where I needed to go. One day I got back from one of my classes, 
and I noticed that someone had broken into my car and misplaced all of my possessions. My registration card, homework, tire gauge, and various other objects had been thrown under my seat or stuffed in weird places. My rearview mirror had even been turned completely vertically. Nothing had been stolen, which I thought was really weird, but also glad, because I thought whoever did this was just doing it for a laugh and trying to mess with me. I started parking on the complete opposite side of campus, but it happened again with the same situation. Everything in my car was just thrown about and nothing was stolen. The final time this happened, I was returning to my car from class and stole streamers and confetti all across my windshield. There was a piece of purple construction paper placed inside my windshield wiper that said in all caps, We are always watching you. Winky face included. Now, this was starting to really freak me out. At first, I thought this might be one of my friends playing a prank on me, so I asked all of them over the next few days if they'd been breaking into my car and messing around with my stuff. However, none of them knew what I was talking about. I know how my friends are too, and I know if I had asked them about this, and they were indeed the culprit, they would have broken out in laughter saying, dude, we so totally got you. None of them knew what I was talking about though. I told them that if this really was one of them, they needed to let me know, because if this was a stranger, I was going to have to get campus security involved. I never felt the need to get them involved any sooner because none of my possessions had been stolen, and this felt more like a practical joke. Things started to get really weird with the confetti streamers and note, though. Like, what? A few weeks had passed, and the pranks had stopped, much to my relief. I thought that this probably had to be some strangers pulling a prank. Until one night, I was leaving campus after getting out of my night class. I was driving down the highway that I always took to get to my neighborhood, and I noticed I was being tailgated harder than I have ever been tailgated in my entire life. This truck came out of nowhere, and it was blasting its high beams and it seemed to be about a foot away from the back of my car. I was immediately freaked out and thought, to hell with the law, and I booked it back to my house going about 90 down the highway. The road was pretty clear, and there were no cops, and I luckily lost their tail. The following week, the same situation occurred again, leaving my night class in this truck encountering me on the highway blasting its high beams. I was so sick of the pranks, the stalking, and just all this nonsense, and I had finally had it with whoever was doing all this stupid crap, so I legit slowed down to about 10 miles per hour just to annoy them. I didn't care that all the other cars in the road were honking and giving me the finger for going so damn slow on a highway with a speed limit of 65, I really just wanted to give whoever the hell this was a taste of their own medicine. 
no joke, they followed going 10 miles per hour for what felt like 10 minutes. I couldn't understand what the hell these people were getting out of this situation, but after 10 minutes, they swerved into the lane next to us and sped off into the distance, having finally gotten sick of my own little prank. After this, the car was never messed with again, and... I believe I may have encountered them only one more time on the same highway. I began to drop below 30 miles per hour, and they immediately swerved into the other lane just like they had last time. Then, finally, all situations of stalking and pranks had finally stopped. I eventually moved out of my old town so I could attend the university I was transferring to. I even traded in my old Corolla for a Honda Civic, in much better condition, with a different license plate. To this day, I don't know who these people were or what they wanted from me. It all could have been harmless, but the fact that I was being followed on my way home from campus made it feel like these people wanted something more from me. If I had let them follow me to my home... I have no idea what would have happened. In retrospect, I know I should have gone to campus security or the police about the situation. But after the stalking stopped and I moved away, I forgot about it for a while. Maybe it all really was just harmless pranking, but there is no way for me to be completely certain, making this an extremely creepy experience for me. I was an athlete in college, so my athletic schedule was tricky to work around. Typically, I would have to go right from practice or conditioning workout right to class. So I would be dressed in practice uniform without time to change. Disgusting, I know. Being part of the team also came the requirement to carry a team backpack that had your name on it to your classes. One of my required classes had an extension class that was held in the evening for those who couldn't attend the midday class. I was the only athlete in my academic program, so I was left to go to and from this class alone. The course was taught virtually, and the only way to hear the lecture was to be present in the classroom. There was no lecturer present, and by the time the class was done, campus was a ghost town and it would be completely dark. My school is quite a bit older, so there isn't great lighting. Parking is limited, so it's easily a five-minute walk from the classroom to the parking lot in the dark. There were three people total in the course. One of them was a sweet older lady that would be picked up by her husband right outside the building. The other was a man probably in his late 30s. When I walked into the classroom the first time, I could feel the creep coming off this guy before I even sat down. I sat as far away from him as possible. It was just my luck that the lecturer asked us all to sit together so that we could all be seen on his screen at once. He ended up sitting right by me and saw my backpack with my sport and last name on it. He asked me about it in the middle of class. 
I gave him a brief reply and acted like I was too busy taking notes to talk. Not much else happened the rest of class, so I hurried back to my car and didn't think much of it. The next class, this guy came in after me. He intentionally sat right behind me and would whisper me a bunch of personal details that wouldn't be easily accessible and then show me old newspaper articles from high school with my picture. He would whisper how cute I was and how I was the type of girl he usually pursues. I even felt him get right up next to my ear and smell my hair and let out a sigh in his satisfaction. The lady in class caught on to what was happening and slid me a note while he wasn't looking that she would take notes for me if I wanted to get an early start home. I gladly accepted. I told her I needed to use the bathroom and asked her if she could fill me in when I got back. I even left my notebook and pen in hopes that it wouldn't tip him off. I grabbed my bag and tried to walk out calmly. There were about 20 minutes left in class, but it was already dark and campus was empty. I got my keys ready as I was walking away so I didn't have to fumble around for them once I got to my car. I got maybe 50 yards away from the building when I heard the old wooden door slam shut. My blood ran cold. I turned back to see this guy frantically searching for me. We lock eyes, and he starts running at me. I just as quickly turn and sprint towards my car, screaming as loudly as I can in hopes that he would stop. All I can hear are his feet pounding on the pavement behind me, seemingly getting closer. I didn't dare to check. I was certain he was going to catch me, and all at once the running stopped. I don't know why. I just kept running until I got to my car and drove home as quickly as possible. While continually checking that he wasn't following, I got into the apartment and I made my roommate stay up with me until I could calm down. I filed a report first thing the next morning and found out that this guy had several similar reports against him. I had a campus police officer escort me to and from class for the rest of the semester, and I didn't see the guy in class again. I did see him randomly here and there on campus, though. I was always with someone, so he never approached me, but he always hit me with a menacing, spine-chilling grin. When I was a kid, I went to a sport event that I took in the morning, 20 minutes from where I lived every Saturday for an hour. One Friday, my family and I are standing in a coffee place and my mom starts making conversation to the man behind us. She tells him about me, my general age range, my name, the year I was in school at the time, and that sort of thing. We get our coffee and part ways. Next day, we're heading to my event, and we're a little early, so we stop by a small cafe for some breakfast, and my mom spots this guy getting a coffee in the same place, and makes direct eye contact with him. He completely blanks us, and that's not normal where I come from. 
In my country, we don't expect conversations when you don't actually know someone well, but it's pretty common to get a head nod or an awkward smile, acknowledging we interacted at some point. The guy ignored us, and it put my mom on edge. But small worlds and all that. The guy could have been busy, or forgotten all about the random conversation we had with this random lady. We finish up our breakfast and start walking towards the youth center that my event is hosted in. We're about three-fourths there when we see the same guy from the coffee place and the cafe, again, across the street, looking in our direction. This time we take a turn for another route to the center, and the hair on the back of our neck starts to stand up. Twice in one day, after blinking us the first time, that was weird. We were nervous then. At this point, Mom tells me she's going into a cafe across from the youth center to see if the guy seemed to be casing my club. He walks by the outside of the building, about 15 minutes into my activity. How does that saying go? Once is an event, twice is a coincidence, three times is a pattern? My mom gets really freaked out. She picks me up for my event, and we start casually hightailing it to the car, trying not to look obvious. We probably looked like we were doing something illegal with how stressed we were. Did the guy know our number plates? Is that how he found us? What were his intentions? Was he going after me, my mom, or both of us? Did he follow us home? Does he know our house? <laughs> and many... Many other questions were rattling through our heads. In the end, we didn't trust that we wouldn't be tailed back to our home, so Mom called my dad discreetly to follow us for the 20-minute journey back to the house. We never saw the guy again. But it was incredibly freaky. That night, I had one of the most realistic nightmares that I've ever experienced, and I don't get scared easily. I especially don't get nightmares. I've been that way pretty much my whole life, but this dream really took the cake. An unidentifiable man had a knife pressed in between my collarbone and my throat. I could feel the cold metal on my skin and the knuckles of his hand pressing into my clavicle. When I woke up, I had a dull pain where his gripping knuckles were placed on my body. I wonder now if that was just a stress nightmare or some sort of omen of how things could have gone. Our lives weren't in immediate danger, and it honestly is more scary to think about what could have happened, but it certainly isn't an experience I would want to repeat anytime soon. Thankfully, it hasn't happened again since. was in town with my two best friends, and we were just enjoying the day and walking around random shops. It had been about two or three hours, and most of the shops were starting to close. I think it was around 4pm at the time. We exit the store that we were in just then, and I notice an older man, probably about 35 or 40, also heading out about 15 meters behind us. I didn't really care much, and we carried on walking down the street. We finally got to a smaller clothing store, 
which had a small makeup and all that stuff shelf in the back. As we walk into the shop, I notice the man is still behind us, just kind of awkwardly hanging by. I start getting a terrible gut feeling, especially as the shops were closing, and it was only the three of us, the man, and the cashier stacking items on the shelves behind the till. Without much explanation, I tried to get us to look at the makeup section, hoping that maybe he wouldn't see where we were. This kind of confused my friend, as I don't use makeup, but they agreed nonetheless. We get to the area with some perfumes and lipsticks, with a few smaller samples, and a small mirror. At that point, I caught the man's reflection in the mirror walking toward us, and I start to just panic on the inside. He eventually made his way over and grabbed my friend around her hips. I did the first thing that came into my mind and grabbed the perfume sample and sprayed the living hell out of it on his face. He grunted and finally let go of her, leaving us running out faster than ever and still super scared. We turned as many corners as we could, trying to lose him before he managed to catch up with us. Luckily, we didn't see him after the shop incident, and our parents all arrived practically at the same time, so no one stayed in the parking lot alone. I still don't know who this guy was, or what his intentions were, but I'm just glad that we made it out of there. that was a collection of terrifying stalker stories. Um, genuinely creepy stalker stories. Uh, I thankfully have never had to deal with a stalker, and hopefully none of you have had to deal with a stalker, but if you have, just know that you are not alone <laughs> based on these stories and tons of other stories I've read and narrated on this channel. So thank you to everyone who lets me use their stories. Thank you to everyone who submits their stories as well. If you have one you want to submit, go to asthravendreams.com slash submit. Send it my way. I will use it. I do take a little bit sometimes just because i got to find the right video, but I will use it. So, uh, so long as it's more than just like a, a one-sentence story or like a couple, you know, like a paragraph or two. Try to make it a couple hundred words at least because it's hard to use just hundred word stories, but I'm not going to go there. Anyways, uh, if you guys enjoyed the video, please do hit that thumbs up button and leave me a comment letting me know your thoughts. Uh, your thoughts on my video, your thoughts on me in general, um, your thoughts on ravioli because ravioli's good. Uh, yeah, if you want to support the channel further, you can go to azaravendreams.com slash early and check out both channel memberships and Patreon. For a dollar a month, you can get early access to all my content. You know, good stuff. Um, and yeah, I don't really have much else to say. Um, subscribe if you're new. I didn't say that earlier and I should have. Yeah. Um, all that said, friends, yeah, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> it's past midnight, so it's actually, it's one in the morning. Um. Yeah, I will talk to you guys later, so y'all have a fantastic day, and see you on the next one. But until then, of course, my lovely friends, sleep well.